Hello, welcome back to our podcast. This week we're going to be discussing the tragic case of Ray Rivera. Before we start, we just want to put a warning here to say that we'll be discussing death, disappearance, violence and suicide. If you're not comfortable with these topics, please let Miss O'Neill know. Let's get into the case. Ray was born in Puerto Rico. His father worked in the military, so him and his family moved around a lot. They grew very close because of this, as they spent most of their time with each other. Ray married the love of his life, Alison, in November 2005 in Puerto Rico. His dream was to always become a writer and director. Alison and Ray lived in California for some time now. However, there wasn't enough work for Ray, and he wasn't bringing in enough money. Ray, tur Ray turned to one of his old friends, Porter. They'd been friends since school and remained friends afterwards. Porter owned a business called Sansbury & Associates, who wrote financial newsletters. Although Ray didn't really have any knowledge in stocks or finance, Porter always wanted Ray to come work for him. After some persistent persuasion, Ray took the job writing financial newsletters. In December 2004, Ray and Alison moved to Baltimore for his new job. The couple knew no one but Porter when they first moved, but they soon found a great home, church and community. They were was very happy, according to Alison. On 16th of May, Alison was getting ready to leave for a business trip. That morning, Ray woke up his wife and made her breakfast. He carried her suitcase out and put it in her car. She then left for three hours drive. At around 6 p.m. that night, Alison checked into the auto room and rang Ray. He didn't answer, which was strange. At this time, Rivera had a guest named Claudia staying with them. Later that evening, Alison called her and asked her ask about Ray. Claudia said around 13 past 6 in the evening, she heard him answer a call on his cell phone. He then ran out of the house in a hurry, as if he were late for something. While on the phone with Alison, she checks around the house and noticed that all the lights were on, but Ray was nowhere to be found. At 13 by 5 in the morning, the next morning, Claudia rang Alison again and told her that he still had no return. At this point, Alison was certain to that something was wrong. She left the hotel and returned home as fast as she could. She called everyone she could think of, but no one knew where she was. Ray's brother, Angel, was, was sure something very was wrong was happening to him. He flew to Bardimon to help set for him. Later that evening, when Alison arrived home, Ray's car was not there, and the bedroom was of, was of his lights were still on. In the kitchen, she found an opening coat and canned of a bag of chips. At around 7pm, Angel arrived in Baltimore, along with Alison and Ray's parents. They began to search. Porter Stansbury put up a reward for $1,000 for any info about his whereabouts. Porter was able to get the media involved as well, which helped widen the search. Search parties looked everywhere in Baltimore, from coffee shops and restaurants to banks and hotels. Sadly, these efforts turned up nothing. There was no activity on raised credit cards or any calls made from his phone. Nevertheless, the searches continued. On the 22nd of May, Alison's parents found Ray's car in lot 7 of a parking lot. There was a ticket on it which indicated that the car was parked there since the night of Ray's disappearance. The police found no evidence inside the car. 
Ray's car was found near a historic hotel named the Belvedere Hotel, which has since been turned into flats, restaurants and bars. The company he worked for was nearby, so it did not seem unusual that he would be in that part of town. Many searches were conducted in the area in which the car was found. On the 24th of May, a search party decided to go up on the roof of the parking garage next to the Belvedere. They looked down to the low roof of the hotel and spotted a single flip-flop beside a small hole. The only way to find the hole was to be above it, looking down. The search party called the police and found a manager opened the door to the conference room with the hole in the roof. Inside, they found Ray's body on the floor. Okay, now we're going to look at some theories. Theory one is that Rivera's death was linked to the David Fincher's film The Game, which features a character dying in a similar way to Rivera. The theory points out a connection between a note left behind by Rivera and the Great Fall which initially appeared to cause his death. The game was listed in Rivera's note, which refers to the Freemasons, family, friends, and as well as films, TV shows, and books that he enjoyed. The 1997 film shows a man who participates in a scheme which blurs his concept of reality and ends with him jumping off the roof of a building through a glass ceiling. And the theory suggests that Rivera was copying the events of the film. The theory has gained so much attention that the show's co-creator has even spoken about it, but Ray's wife Alison doesn't see any significance in it. Theory 3. One of the largest stories, and the one Baltimore official is averse to lean towards, is that Rivera died at a suitcase. Having through the roof of the room where he was found is what assumed Rivera had jumped to his death. People online pointed to the bizarre note Rivera had left evidence that he was something with an undiagnostic mental illness. It began with freezing lights working, brothers and sisters around the world right now volcanoes are erupting. What an awesome sight and also contains a long list of family members and celebrities who Rivera wanted to make five years younger. The notes being folded up very small and tapped on the back of his computer. However, a number of factors led to his death, being worse as unexplained, and many dollars wherever he had in a fact check on his wife. In the episode, his love once insists that it would have been out of characters and in place, that he exceeds no sick of mental distress. And the time of the death, Rivera has just a new lesson on life, a lovely wedding to his wife Alison, and a steady job with his friends for their story. There are a possibility that he later could have been writer in quotes, if Rivera did in this half tears to the Mason with him why many are unable to make sense for it. Third theory is that things were staged. Reporters and detectives expressed doubt about Rivera falling through the roof. There were three potential jumping points at the hotel, the very top roof, the parking garage and the 11th floor ledge. Many were skeptical about the first two, as it would have been either too high or too far for him to land through the meeting room roof. The 11th floor theory could only be possible if Rivera went through a room or office, since none of the hallways led to the edge. Even so, the room windows were very small and no one mentioned seeing him. As well as this, the theory... The, as well as this, the camera on the rooftop was also disconnected, adding more mystery to the case. 
Another thing that didn't make sense was that both his phone and glasses were found tacked, intact. Another thing that didn't make sense was that both his phone and glasses were found intact. Also, the way his shins were injured didn't add up to the way he felt. At the end of the day, these are all just theories. We will never know what really happened on that fateful day. Hopefully, some way, he will get the justice he deserved. Thanks for listening from Nicole, Emma and Valentina. Bye! Bye.